0: Hallelujah. Well, I am particularly grateful to God this season where God is taking us deeper, and it is the period where we are studying how to go deeper and deeper in Christ. And personally, I want to say it's been one of the best seasons in my life, especially this year. Just at the moment where we thought that the enemy was taking us away from the presence of God. Just at the time we thought the enemy was winning the victory, God have come to strengthen us and to remind us of the truth that if there's anything we need at this point, is never to go shallow, but to go deeper and deeper, both in Christ, in His Word, and in His work. I want to give God praise for what He has been doing. And I want to take a cue from Pastor Yomi, who will always say that what we are doing is try to bring the Word down, and break the Word down into nuggets. So we've been going through this series. I want to thank the senior pastor for taking us brilliantly. And also we also remember Pastor Atoyebi, who started off this. We want to thank God for the word that have come up from this throne. We say that the name of the Lord be glorified in the name of Jesus. Amen. And this evening we'll be going to have be having a, a, a bit of study. It is our interactive Bible study. So a bit of study, and we're going to be looking at the title of the teaching and the study discipline which is entitled My Deep Cut. At some point in time in life we've had a cut in our life and so we're going to be looking at My Deep Cut as we continue in that euphoria of going deeper and deeper in Christ. I remember vividly when Pastor Terry started, he reminded us of the need to go back to fellowship. And the reason was very clear. We were in a season where a bit of ourselves were withdrawing kind of from the presence of God. And it was for so many reasons. To some other person, it was the very fact that this year had been challenging and there was really nothing looking forward to go back to. And so many reasons people were withdrawing, people weren't coming back. And he came and reminded us of the need to come back to the place of fellowship understanding that whatsoever may have been going through during the period of 2020, that God still have our backing. There's nothing that happened without the knowledge of God. We need to have that understanding. And in that understanding, he taught us that no matter what happens, That whatever did happen that took us back to the place of worshipping and fellowshipping in a distance was only temporal. And within those periods, God empowered us to receive strength. God still empowered us to receive his word as if we are coming all the way, the same way we used to gather. And he brought the word reminding us to come back to the place of fellowship as we continued to um, look at the, the series deeper and deeper in Christ, and after that, remember clearly the senior pastor did came as well, and I specifically love the angle and the story he uses, which I shared again on Sunday, that um, we are all like fishes. If we get to the point where we are swimming in shallow waters we become an easy picking for the enemy. And for those who were around on Wednesday, you can clearly remember when he gave an example of what, um, what is happening and reminded us that we should not take our eyes off what the real agenda is. The enemy himself has his own agenda. So he brings other events to make it feel, uh, to, to turn our attention away. But they have the agenda. The enemy clearly has his own agenda and he came and then reminded us that we should not fall prey to the agenda of the enemy and basically he was reminding us that we should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy, but we should ensure we go deeper. Not falling to the plans of the enemy which is aimed at taking us adrift, which is aimed at making us to be shallow, but we should understand that these are all devices of the enemy, but we should stay focused and try to go deeper and devour in Christ. And all through we've been hearing God's word and all these have been coming together to remind us to go deeper and deeper in Christ. And on Sunday, by the message of God, we are able to understand as well that another way to go deeper in Christ is to have the understanding of who we are in Christ and work in that understanding. And we came to realize that so many things that we do are not just Christian practices, but we came to understand that some of the practices, most of the practices of what we do in the Christendom are basically we giving ourselves and sacrifices to the presence uh, to the Lord in his presence. And we're able to establish that in Christ that we are God's temple. We're also able to establish that in Christ we are the, the, the living sacrifices. And we also establish that we are priests within that temple of ours. And we reminded ourselves of the need to continue to offer ourselves as sacrifices unto God. And with that understanding, we're able to establish that for everything we do in relation to going deeper and deeper in Christ, as much as we continue to give ourselves to God, to Christ, we're going to offer ourselves as a sweet-smelling savor, which was, which was what we call the fragrance of Christ. And all these are all aimed at ensuring and reminding us that we need to continue to go deeper and deeper in Christ. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So in summary, I've just summarized the last three messages. And this evening, as I did mention, we're going to look at my deep cut. And we're going to start by reminding ourselves One of the things we learned on Sunday which was the very fact that when God deals with us in the present time, he deals with us because we are in Christ. There are so many things that God dealt with the prophets and the people of old which was just a preparation of what he was going to do in my life and in your life through Christ. And one of the examples that we did learn was the example of we being the temple of God. We, we got to understand that it wasn't so much of the physical temple that God had the mind of building way back then, but was the temple of your body, the temple of my body. And we've got to also understand the same way he built us as living sacrifices and raises us as priests in God's house. So God has this agenda that he also, he only fulfills in Christ. But he started it off with the prophets of old. And we just have to have that basic understanding to help us as we go into the study. Amen. 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 Now, I don't know how many of us at some point in our life, you have somewhere on your body, maybe on your forehead on your arm, somewhere around your body, a cut. It may have been a deep cut, but one thing the cut did leave was a marker. It left a marker, it left a scratch on you, that no matter what you've done as you grow old, they, they, this card doesn't don't seem to have left. Do I have a witness? So you have that cut in you. Maybe when you were playing, all of a sudden you fell down and you had this cut, and then it, you, you just grow with it. And one of the things that does happen is when you look at that mark, somehow, somehow, you quickly remember the event that brought out that mark. Do I have a witness? I personally have one, most of them on my legs, most times when my children look at it, they only ask me, Daddy, what happens to you there? Back in those days, we never had the luxury of fields, but we played in the backyard. And sometimes you played in in backyards that are made of uh, concrete, and you fall down. You know, just childish play, and you leave marks on your body, and by the time you grow, you cannot erase it anymore. And most times, by the time we look at those markers, it reminds us of the very event. Sadly, we have some other marks in our body that reminds us of very not so good memories. It doesn't really bring good memories, but whatever the memory it does bring, somehow somehow the marker on your body, the cut on your body reminds you of something. Women women will relate this Uh, relate more to this, especially women who have given birth. At some point they have marks on their body which was the mark of the childbirth. So whatever mark you have on your body now, you may be able to relate so well to today's teaching and study and we pray that the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So marks and markers were, were put sometimes by mistake or some people put it on purpose to remind them of something later on in their lives. And so we have these marks all over the place and putting marker on people wasn't something new at all. And so we're going to look at the story of a man called Abraham who um, is the father of faith. And the Bible does tell us that God called Abraham and made him a promise. And so God said to Abraham, I'm going to bless you, not only will I bless you, I'm going to make you so great. He said, your descendants will be like the stars of the sky. Your descendants will be like the the sand of the seashore. And these were the promises of God to Abraham. And God made these promises to Abraham just the same way God's word have come to us in different ways. I don't know what you're believing God for to some To some person, you may be believing God for a better career. To some other person, you may be believing God for a a business boom. To somebody else, you may be believing God for a relationship. Whatsoever you're believing God or trusting God for. The truth is, God has given us a word before now of what he is going to do. And the same way, just like Abraham, we have received this word. But contrary to God's word, the the event of time doesn't seem to be bringing the word to fulfillment. And we count the times, we count the dates, time seems to be passing so fast. And then you begin to ask yourself, just the same way that Abraham did question, and you begin to ask yourself, can God really bring this word to pass? Do I have a witness? Sometimes you're just asking God, God, are you sure you are going to do this? Abraham was in that boat. He did ask God, God, are you sure you are going to do this? And one of the ways the workings of men were back in those times is that to ensure or to make to make good of what you say. There are times where they enter what they call covenants. And the same way as well, God understood the workings of man in Genesis chapter 17 and verse 10. If you open to Genesis chapter 17 verse 10, the Bible says, and after God had made Abraham promises. Promises are like spoken words. But there are times you can relate to this in our present day that if I say to you, I'm going to give you a million naira,' We've had this teaching before. And you, you, that itself is like a promise. But if I write a check for you, it becomes like a signed instrument that gives you a better guarantee that what I said I will do i will do it is that correct so the same way god said to abraham i will bless you but to make abraham understand that he will not fail concerning what he said the bible says in genesis 17 verse 10 that god decided to cut a covenant with abraham and what did god do this was what god said to abraham the same thing god is saying to you this very moment He says, this is my covenant. Now, he did not say promise again. The Bible says, and God said, this is my covenant, which I shall keep. Now, the Bible went ahead and said that God was very specific. He says, this covenant shall be between me as God and you, Abraham, and your descendants and your descendants to come. And how did God cut this covenant? You need to understand that there were so many ways that covenants would have been cut in those times. There were so many ways, but God chose a particular pattern. And God says, the covenant that I will cut with you is going to be the covenant of circumcision. And in verse 11, God then says, you shall circumcise all your children. You shall circumcise your your foreskin, but the word that we're interested in is in the next line. He says, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between you and I. So God said to Abraham, I want to make something, I want to give you something to hold on to that I am going to do and perform that which I say I will do. And God said to him, I'm going to cut a little bit out of your body. And the reason why I'm doing this is to leave a marker on you. What was that supposed to do? What it was supposed to do is to remind Abraham every time Abraham was in doubt if God would do what he promised to do. All he needed to do was to go back again and look at the mark on his body. The same way the cut on your body, the mark on your body, the scar on your body reminds you of an event that resulted to that marker. The same way God caught a covenant with Abraham and the covenant was to place a mark on him. The covenant, the, 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 the exercise wasn't just to cut him or to cause him pain, but to leave a marker on him and let him know that if any time that you feel like you are not hoping again, any time you are doubting the word, any time the, the, the cares of life may have been taken away the, the word that I gave to you. And God was saying to Abraham, just go back to the mark I placed on you. When you look at that mark, it will remind you that I, as God, will be able and will be faithful to accomplish that which I have promised you and so just like every one of us you have a mark that mark at that moment reminds you of what you've gone through but God said to Abraham the marker I am placing on you is a reminder that as a faithful God I will do what I say I will do so all through generations The descendants of Abraham were very careful to have that marker of circumcision on their body. Why did they do that? Because it was reminding them that God is a faithful God. He may be going through some difficult moments, immediately they're going through some difficult moments, they go back quickly to the mark, they look at the marker and it remind them of the faithfulness of God. So anything they went through that seemed to have been challenging their faith, challenging their belief, All they had to do was to go back and look at the marker, which was a reminder that God was faithful to accomplish that which God has spoken. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, like we said on Sunday, when God starts something like this, the whole idea was, wasn't was to, 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 to put it on the body. That in itself was just the start of it. It was a picture like we learnt on Sunday, Hebrews 10 verse 1, which says that they were only a what? A shadow but not the very image. So what God started was something he was expected to accomplish in us through Christ. So the marker that he put on them was just the very beginning. Now in this present time, Jeremiah chapter 31 and verse 31. And in the, as the times went by, God then said to them in Jeremiah 31 and verse 31 and verse 32, God then made a promise to them. He said, Behold, the days are coming, and the days are now. He said, Said the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the children of Israel. Now the covenant he made with Abraham, God was promising, he says, a time is coming, I'll make a new one. And he says, not according to the covenant that I made with your father. So God was telling them that a time will come that he's going to make a new covenant, which was a new marker. And what was God intending to do, which we're going to see much later on. So whatever God wanted to do, he was changing the narrative. So for some reason God was going to make a new covenant and one of the things you should understand that when a marker has to be placed on the body there are three things that are usually involved. Number one, the flesh that is to be cut, number two, a knife is always involved because the knife has to do the cutting and at the end of the day there is only one result. The result is that there will be a marker that is placed on the flesh that is caught. Did we get that? Yes. Number one, there will always be a flesh or the person to be caught. Number two, there will always be a, what? a mm-hmm. knife or a sharp object. And number three, it will always leave a marker on the person. Now, Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 4. Now, this was the new covenant that God is making or promised to make and which he is still making. I need you to pay attention. God then says in Jeremiah chapter 4, I promised you that I was going to make a new covenant. And God says, circumcise yourself to the Lord and take away the foreskin. That is what God was saying. And he says, take away the foreskin of your what? Of your heart. Way back he was cutting the flesh. But this time God is saying, there is a covenant I want to make. I'm not going to be cutting any other part of your body but the heart. I 'm going to still be doing the circumcision of placing the marker on you, but it's going to be me targeting your heart. I have seen that your heart is the battlefield. Sometimes I do say a thing, but your heart thinks otherwise. Your heart begins to doubt what I said. And so God was saying to He saying to us rather, that I am coming to cut your heart. I am coming to cut the doubt that has been plaguing your heart. There are times you're not feeling as if God's word is going to come to pass, just like Abraham. Abraham, in those times, he had to go back to the marker, look at himself, and then see what God placed in him. And so, God is telling us this evening that I'm coming to do a cut on the heart, and when I do that, I'm coming to put a marker on the heart. Praise the name Hallelujah. of the Lord. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter two and in verse eleven, and this is what the scripture says. Now. Now we know that God is really targeting at the circumcision of our heart. He's not looking for anything. The whole reason why he's doing this is calling us to a deeper work with him, that if we allow him, he's saying that he's going to leave a marker on us to remind us that he will be faithful concerning what he says he will do. In verse 11 of Colossians chapter 2, the Bible says, In him... You are circumcised. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. In who are we circumcised? Anybody? In Christ we are circumcised, and that is why in the last two weeks, pastor have been teaching us and telling us we need to go deeper and deeper in Christ. Like we said on Sunday, we have no business. There's nothing. We are nothing outside of Christ. Just as we learnt in Him, we live. In him we move, and in him we have our, what? our being. He says the circumcision that God wants to circumcise our heart, he says it's going to be us in Christ. He says, in him you are circumcised. Now he went ahead and said, not the circumcision that are made of what? Of hands. Just like we learned on Sunday, God said, build me a temple. But he later said, I'm not the God that lives in temples that are made of human hands. The temple was only the shadow. The same way your body cutting was only a shadow. God says he's not pleased with the t- what Abraham did was only good for the moment. But he has changed the narrative because there is now a new covenant. And he says, I'm going to circumcise your heart, but it's not the one you do on your body. It's not the one you do on yourself. He says, I, as God, I'm going to do it by myself. Somebody say Amen. 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 And so he says, it's not the circumcision, it's not the marker that man puts on you. It's not the one that you cut yourself, no. He says, I'm going to be the one because I know there's a part of you that is doubting my word. There's a part of you that is that, that is disturbed. There's a part of you that's going into depression. There's a part of you that is, that, that is not happy and God is saying, I want to circumcise, I want to cut through enough, I want to cut down to where you are doubting my word. I want to cut you to the place where I'm going to destroy and to cut down every altar of doubt. Praise the name of the Lord. In Hebrews chapter 10 um, verse 16. Let's look at Hebrews 10 verse 16. And now this is what God is saying. Hebrews 10 verse 16. He says, this is the covenant that I will make. Remember, God reminded us and said that he was or he is going to make a new covenant between us and himself. And he says, in those times, which is now. He says, the covenant will be made by God on your heart. And he says, this is a covenant that I will make with them after those days, said the Lord. I will put my law in their heart. I will put my Lord in their heart. So we say to us this morning, this evening, rather, let's go deeper. And God is saying, this is what I want to do. I want to put a marker in their heart. The marker that I want to put, I want to put it right in their heart. If I can place that marker in their heart. Anytime they doubt me, they will go back to that marker, and they will remind themselves that I am a faithful God. I'm going to place a testimony of someone in their heart that anytime they are doubting me, then they will remember that I am God. There's a part of you that that the counselors can't reach. There's a part of you that human advice cannot reach. There's a part of me that I'm, not, that I'm not revealing to anyone. And that is what God is saying. He's saying, if you will allow me, let me make the marker on you. I will stamp myself in your heart that any time you doubt me, therein you will see what I am talking about. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Does anybody remember the three things we say happens when there is a circumcision? We said number one, they will be a flesh that will be cut, number two we said there will be a sharp object or a knife and number three we said there will be a marker. Now we know that God is no more circumcising the flesh or the body and so the real flesh he wants, or what he wants to cut or he wants to circumcise is the heart. Now I'm sure you are asking yourself then, if God really wants to come through to cut through my heart, how is he going to do it? Where is the knife? what is he going to use? How does he get to my heart? Is he going to send someone to bring a dagger? Is he going to send someone to bring a knife? No, no, no. The answer we find in Romans chapter 2 and verse 28. Romans chapter 2 verse 28. In Romans chapter 2 verse 28, the scripture says, he is not a Jew who is outward or nor is circumcised that which is outward in the flesh. Of course, we'll come to that realization that God is not interested in the outward or in the flesh. He says, but he is a Jew who is inwardly and circumcised, and circumcision is that of the word, of the heart and of the spirit. The heart and the spirit is where the true circumcision of God lies in. And he says, it is not the outward appearance. It's not what you do on the surface. Because what you do on your surface is only pain of the outwards. He said, but the true Christian, the true person, is the one who understands that what God wants to do is what he wants to circumcise in the heart and in the spirit. And so this evening God is calling us to release ourselves and release our mind and release our spirit. And that is why He has been calling us to a deeper walk with Him. He has been calling us to a deeper relationship with Him. If we go deep enough, it's a place where we're surrendering ourselves. If we come deep enough to God, it's a place where we are releasing ourselves. And let's look at Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 as we begin to wrap up. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12. Now, now we know that God really wants to put a marker in us. And the reason why sometimes we fall out, remember the parable of the sower, he says, for some fell on shallow ground. And we know now that if there's anything that will hold a seed, it's not the shallow ground, but it's the deep ground. And the Bible says, in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, you have been wondering, now I have surrendered my heart, now I have surrendered my spirit. How will God put the marker on me? Abraham understood this and he went straight to God. When God said, I want to make a covenant, he surrendered himself and God made the covenant on him. And each time he doubted, he went straight back to the mark and received strength by the reason of the marker that was on him. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, now you know your heart is what God is interested in. The Bible says, for the word of the Lord is living and the word of the Lord is what? Powerful. And then he said, you are asking yourself, where is the knife? Where is what God is going to use to cut through you? The scripture says, and the same word of God is sharper than what two-edged sword. It's sharper than what Abraham used. It's sharper than the cut you have on you. And God is telling us this evening, if you will allow me to cut through, You with my word. Your heart is doubting. Your heart is not receptive, but I need to come through. I need to give you a deep cut enough so that I will leave a marker on you. And the word of the Lord is saying, the same word of God is what God is going to use. He's saying, release yourself, surrender your spirit, surrender your mind, and let the word of God cut through you. If it cuts through you deep enough, what God is saying, I will leave the same that I left on Abraham. That anytime you come to the point of doubt, Anytime you come to the point of disbelief, anytime you come to ask yourself, can God really come through to me? God is saying if you release yourself to me, I will cut through you with my word. And when I write my word on you, you're going to see me write the word, God is faithful on you. That any moment you are doubting and asking yourself, can God really do this? It's 11th hour, can God really still come through? God is saying, release yourself. Let me mark you with my word, let me give you the cut that is deep enough that will leave a marker on you. To someone, you are asking God, can God really come through in my career, in my business? God is saying, I am faithful, and He wants to write that word faithful with His word. If you release ourselves to Him, if you will let Him come through to us, He's saying, I'm going to write it right in your heart. He says in the scripture, he says for he, he, he's going to put his word on our heart, and he's not going to put it like the tables of stones like Abraham did. But he says his law will be his word. And so God is saying, I have the knife in my hand. I have the sword to cut through you. And the sword is my word. The very living word of God that never grows old. And he's saying, I want to write the word faithful on your heart. So that the moment you act in yourself, God the time is going are you? sure you will come through. God is saying if you let me circumcise you with my word, I will cut you so deep that I will leave a marker of my faithfulness in your heart. And God is saying to someone, you are asking can this really work? Can this relationship work? Can this business work? Whatever it is that you are doubting. The same way that God made a marker on Abraham. And Abraham held through those marks. And every time he kept believing, the Bible says God accounted to him as righteous because he believed in his word. God is telling you you are not you're, you're doubting because you really don't have a deep cut. If you are doubting God's word, then you should ask for a deep cut of His word. If when His word comes, the Bible says they are sharper than two-edged sword, not the kind of knife that Abraham nor the children of Israel use. but God wants to cut you so deep and leave an impression of His faithfulness on you. Somebody say Amen. 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 And so that is what God is saying. This new mm-hmm. I don't know where you're still doubting, but in the, in the moment and season where we are going deeper and deeper in, in Christ, God is saying, Let my word come unto you. Let my word come unto you. The scripture says, For we are the living episode. If we are truly the living episode, He's saying, I want to write something on your heart. And we know that the only handwriting, the only ink, the only pen that God has is a pen of His double edged word. And God is also asking you, don't doubt my word. Let me leave the mark on you. But if I will leave the mark on you, I'm going to cut you deep enough to leave that mark on you. But all we need this moment is a surrender of our heart, is a surrender of our spirit, is a surrender of our mind. And tell God, take me deeper Take me way deeper. If you have to cut the doubt in me, cut it so deep that it will never grow again. If you want to cut the, 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 the complexity in me, cut the complacency that they will never raise their head again. Whatsoever it is you want God to cut, you just need to surrender your mind. We just need to surrender our spirit and let God put that marker in you. There are things you can't tell anyone, but if you allow God's word, it will cut through it and reveal the those words, and it would take away those pain, it would take away those doubt in you, and whatsoever you can and cannot reveal, but only to God. And that is a call that God is calling us this evening. And you, you may be saying to yourself, I don't have a deep cut. If you don't have a deep cut, just maybe, just maybe that is a reason why we are doubting one more step, doubting one more time. At this point, I just needed to tell God, I surrender myself to you. I surrender myself so that the world will cut through me. I surrender myself so that the world will cut every doubt. Whatsoever it is that you are you, you, you're doubting God, God is saying, I'm calling you to a deeper relationship with me. Deuteronomy 30, verse 6, which is going to be our prayer. The Bible says, And the Lord God will circumcise your heart. That is someone's prayer this evening. And you are saying to God, I've been doubting you so much, but the deeper I go, I understand that the only marker that can help me and keep me going is a marker of the faithfulness of your word." And so you may be telling God, and you may be praying this prayer, Lord, I need that deep cut the cut that will cut me so deep and will leave the marker of your faithfulness. Your heart is what God is interested in. The sword and the word is the sword and the living word of God. And he's saying, let me cut through your heart. If I'll cut through your heart, then I will leave the marker on you. Glory be to God. So in a minute, I just want you to surrender and just to go to the Lord in prayer and say to the Lord, I have closed my heart so much from you. Circumcise me once again with your word. I have doubted you sometimes, but as I go deeper in you, I need that deep cut that will cut away those doubts. I need that deep cut that will write the faithfulness in my heart. I need that deep cut that will reassure me of your faithfulness. Abraham received that cut. Abraham was circumcised, but it was an outward circumcision. And so God is saying, is a circumcision of the heart that i'm interested in if i can weed away that doubt with my word, then i will leave a stamp and i will leave something behind i will leave a marker of my faithfulness in your heart if you release your heart so much to him well enough just begin to pray and say to the lord i release myself to you this evening cut me deep enough that i will bleed for you alone cut me deep enough that I will remind myself of the experience of this cut. So the word of the Lord, the Bible says, is quick and is truly powerful. Let God stamp his word. Let God stamp his word in your heart. And the same God we know is still a faithful God. If he was faithful to Abraham, and he says we are the circumcision in Christ, and he will continually to be faithful through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. As we go deeper in my prayer is God will cut us enough to take away every doubt in the mighty name of Jesus Amen. and God will leave a deep cut enough in us to leave a stamp of his faithfulness that we will overcome every doubt in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. To anyone who is going through any moment of depression, of loneliness, we pray that the power of God's word will be enough to weed away every and every circumstances that is able to pull us down and God will pull us up to the mountaintop in the mighty name of Jesus. In this moment that we are going deeper and deeper, we will experience God in the fullness of his measure, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, glorious God, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Someone give God praise in the house this morning. In the name of the Lord we praise In Jesus' name. Amen.